0: What's good, family? It's your boy, Trader Rules from Real Ass Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this, so please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place, so please download the Anchor-free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. What's good? It's your boy, Trader Reels from Real Last Conversations. This is episode number 31. Episode 31 is going to be a good one. Honestly, I got one of my high school friends. Actually, we go back to middle school. Uh, we're just going to have like a, a regular homeboy conversations, talk about anime, music, and many more things. So I'm just going to pass it over to my boy right now, Jabari. Jabari, if you want to drop your ad and say who you are, just let the people know who you is.
1: Uh, I am not Mr. Social Media, so I don't have an app. If you know me, you already got me. But, um, yeah, Jay Mosley from Willingboro, New Jersey.
0: Damn. Okay. He said, fuck that technology shit. All right. So I want to get straight into it. So pretty much I've been seeing on Facebook this whole Mount Rushmore picture. The top hip-hop artist for 2010. So there's four spots. They already said Drake's in it. They already gave it to J. Cole and Kendrick. Who was your fourth person be on that Mount Rushmore, or would you change it at all?
1: So we alluded to it briefly before, but I got a different ear, and I'm not really listening to the radio, and I'm nowhere near up-to-date on current hip-hop. Um, I cannot argue with the three that I've heard or some of the nominations just because even outside of my radio listening ears, they still cross my airwaves. So I definitely respect the choices up there. For me personally, because I've seen this person perform a handful of times, I would give it to Freddie Gibbs, and that is Ooh, simply
0: Freddie Gibbs. That's that. To me, he he snuck up on me because I really wasn't on him until, like I say, like last year. He started making wow. a lot of noise, to, like until last year. I dug into his music, and I was just like, "Damn, like he really well, doing his thing."
1: So yeah, the thing for me is I was in the band in high school and whatnot, so I like to see the music live. Um, so there was a track way back. Damn, I'm aging myself now because we only about 2010s, but it seems like way back. It was called "Rob Me, A Nigga." um and that's how i first got on freddie gibbs and then i went to see him maybe in 2011 at this club in new york called santos party house or playhouse it don't even it ain't even around no more and i seen him again in philly but for me it's like it's nice to see somebody improve on what they would call the independent route he's like the most improved player for me across that time period because he's going from somebody that nobody knows about at all to somebody who is highly acclaimed.
0: Nah, if you if you a spitter or if you're really in a hip hop game, people definitely know Freddie Gibbs. The first uh album I heard of him was from like him and Mad Bandana. So that's how I first got on him, to be honest. I heard I saw it on Facebook one day. I heard yeah. it and I was just like, damn, who this dude? And I remember him from back in the day, but it just never really crossed my, my, like my, my ears for, for real. I was just like, all right, I hear it, but I'm not really on it yet. So when I started digging into it, like I started see he had like a lot of music with a lot of people, and mm-hmm. he really, he's very, how can I say, charismatic as well. Like he, his Facebook, <laughs> no, that's Facebook, his, his Instagram would be mad funny. He be talking hella shit. So if you really like hip hop, yeah, Freddie Gibbs, that's definitely a person to listen to. So what was yeah. your first? You said what was your first album you heard of his?
1: Uh, the first album that I heard of his, uh, I'm gonna say, was ESGN. It was either ESGN or Babyface Killer. I think Babyface Killer came out before ESGN. Um, but when you bring up the Madlib one, it's an interesting joint because Lib is a silver bullet, musically speaking. So just about any Mad Lib track or album is going to be amazing. Bandana was like the second one. I think Pinata was first. But the Freddie Gibbs situation is dope because hearing his music before he linked up with Mad Lib, it really seemed like a Wonder Twin Powers Activate sort of deal because you didn't expect him to be able to layer himself over, you know, such a different vibe. At least me.
0: Okay, so you said you got. So will you change anybody else on that Mount Rushmore list, or will you just keep those three and add Freddie Gibbs? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I would just leave. I would just leave Freddie Gibbs up there. Um, my other personal favorite is Smoke Bizza, but. I can't say he's reached the same height that Freddie Gibbs has in the same amount of time. So he wouldn't really qualify for a Mount Rushmore. But for me, definitely a Hall of Fame.
0: Okay. Well, if you asked me personally, I said my two choices is between Big Sean and Nicki Minaj. i would just say Big Sean because I feel like people will be sleeping on his ass. Like when it comes to just having mainstream hits having bars, having double entendres, triple entendres in your lyrics. He has all of that, but it just like somewhere along the way, people just feel like he not it. Maybe because off that control verse when Kendrick just went crazy on everybody, he kept it on there, but I respected it. I feel like Big Sean is at a point where he's at that level where everybody, yeah, and I kind of feel like J. Cole was like the under- undercar for real, for real. And J. Cole is my favorite artist out of those four, but Well, I'm thinking of like star power. I don't feel like J. Cole really have the star power when it comes to being on Front Street. I feel like his is more just like the people can't relate to him because he's just so in tune with himself. Like he's not really about none of that flash. Like I don't know what happened to him, but ever since like after like 2017, he just changed his whole ways. He was like, I'm not really into this. Like, oh, fucking these girls, rocking this jewelry. I'm, I'm in the my family, my people, and. That content I'm putting out there, which I kind of respect, but Big Sean, if you' talking about star power, he always been up there. When I feel like when people when people like Drake, Kendrick, Kendrick is up there just because like his music is just like really art pieces to me. Like I get mad because he won't be dropping music yeah, like honestly, that. Go ahead.
1: It might be Kanye, bro. It might be Kanye, and I. Like we already covered, I'm looking at this whole thing from a third-person perspective. I understand why everybody likes J. Cole, and I pretty much like him for the same reasons. Um, I don't really hear much of Big Sean, and for me personally, if I was going to deduce a theory... Not many of us from where we're from have been to Detroit or the Midwest. So the things that he's talking about and the place that he's from is just naturally less familiar. And that's nothing against him or me or us, you know. Um, but a lot of us have been up and down the East Coast. A lot of us have been to North Carolina before. So the whole J. Cole thing is just it seems a little bit more local. Um, but I would put Kanye up there just because You mentioned star power, and for good, better, or worse, the boy is a lightning rod. You know what I'm saying? He has definitely left an impact on the culture. So I think you have to go up there.
0: I mean, you can say that, but I feel like he was more for the 2000s, you know, not 2010s. I feel like in the 2010s, he had, what, probably two good albums, but I feel like he shifted his focus on designer designer wear more you know what i'm saying like i feel like he wasn't focused on oh i want to be the best producer i want to be the best rapper he was like no i want to take over this clothing game get that clothing money and get some real kind of estate out of all of it you know what i'm saying like to me Kanye was always have a have a close place in my heart to me personally my favorite rap artist of my generation and when I say my generation, I mean like from the point where like, I can remember me listening to hip-hop without me being influenced by others kind of thing. Because, you know, we all go through our, our influences when we're younger. On your own. Yeah, like when I was yeah. younger, I was like, yo, I'm listening to Biggie because people like Biggie. I'm listening to Tupac because people like Tupac. I'm listening to 50 Cent because my friend got listening to 50 Cent. But when I heard Kanye West for the first time, I was just like, yo, who is this dude? And I kind of like ventured out, and I was like the first one that I knew at the time listening to Kanye West saying like, yo, this is somebody people need to listen to. And he kind of opened my eyes to be like, hip hop is way more broader than just being about being tough, gang banging, going that whole route. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, it was a lot of either about who's the toughest or you had like, Rap R and B sensations like Ja Rule kind of thing. Sure. It, it was just for real. Like that's what. That's why I remember back in the day. Like everybody was listening to the hard rappers, and it took for me for me to hear Kanye West and be like, "Who this guy wearing a pink polo with his collars pop with a book bag? He don't seem tough to me, but to me, he's speaking about real life things from leaving college, saying fucking nine to five. He feel like he in a slave ship." And I was just like, yo, these are things I feel like really happened. Like he, to me, that's back when Kanye West was relatable, back in college dropout. He's at a point now where it's like sometimes he talked about certain things people can't relate to, so people think he's crazy. But I feel like when you progress and go to different levels, you see different shit. So that's why I, when people say, oh, yeah, Kanye West is crazy, I'm just like, nah, it's hard going from being a black kid and people say he's not from a, a, a poor community, but even being a black kid in a, in a middle-class community and then seeing millions of dollars and seeing, like, different things in the music. Like, cause the music game will change anybody. You go all the way back to the 60s and 70s. Like, motherfuckers used to get snaked over music deals, and it changed them. It made them cocaine heads, make them, you know, on drugs, alcoholics, you know, kill themselves kind of thing. So we don't know what he's been through, but to see him still persevere and still believe in himself like I said, Kanye West always gonna be like my favorite artist in my generation. When I, I'm talking about the whole lifespan. But 2010, I can't give it to him that much. Like he had church albums and stuff like that. I like, he, he's up there when, it's all, when it comes to being a creative. But I still think, you know, J. Cole, Kendrick, and Drake, definitely Drake. My thing is, I don't even like Drake like that, but I just can't hate on Drake. Like Drake is just <laughs> something yeah, you just can't yeah. hate on.
1: You gotta recognize real. So here's why I say Kanye. I agree with you that his whole thing started and he was more quote unquote hip-hop before 2010 when we were younger. But for starters, Kanye West is an individual. Like we do not know, just like with you know, most other individuals, we can't read their minds and we do not know what's going on. But From my standpoint, what I'm looking at is in him being an enigma, something that is difficult to describe, so has his music progressed. And you even kind of alluded to it that he broadened the horizon. And I think that would be an important quality to include on something like a Mount Rushmore. You wouldn't want four people who are good at doing the same fucking thing up there. You would want A couple of innovators maybe you know somebody who brought something forward or approached it from a different perspective so the fact that his sound changed and his message changed is proof of evolution as a human being and we're all open and free to make our judgments on what that evolution of kanye looks like in our eyes but ultimately he um has offered a lot of different flavors per se across his career and after 2010 i don't recall exactly the year when his mother passed away but i do feel like that was involved but after 2010 i would say is when things started to change a whole lot sonically and we started to say like is this even a rap album and who the hell is Jesus and is he kind? He fresh anymore. Yeah,
0: you're talking, you're talking about 808. That's like around like oh seven oh eight. I think his mom passed away oh six oh seven. But no, I definitely understand. It was you. that long ago? Yeah, bro. It was that long, long ago. 10. Like, it, in 2010, that's like when like <laughs> our, 2010 was our junior year. And I remember Drake started taking off in 2010. That was like, yeah, way after, like, kind. Yeah. Like oh seven, oh six is when that came when that all stuff. can remember like I remember Way and Heartbreaks came out, I believe, eighth grade, freshman year. Yeah. I think like freshman year, eighth grade, yeah. So that's when that all came out. But no, nah, no, nah, you're definitely right. But but that's the thing with Kanye was he spans so long. Like <laughs> yeah. his influence touches for real, for real, to be honest, three decades, because he was making beats back in the nineties. For a lot of artists, so like he really spans three three decades, so he definitely up there. I feel like for me, when it comes to like all time, but for 2010, I'm just gonna keep him off that level. And That's,
1: either way, y'all could have that argument. Yeah. I like it all.
0: No, I bet I like also, it all. And also, I was saying, Big Sean, but I think like the person that really is going to get it. This is not me being biased, and I don't even like her. But Nicki Minaj, I say Nicki Minaj just because of what she did for for the women out there, and she really came with a force. Like you can't talk bad about Nicki Minaj about these women or whatever her her fan base is called. I don't know what what they call, her, but they will go at your ass hard as hell. The Barbies or Barbie dolls, something like that. Who knows? But yeah, they know. go they go hard for her. She just sold like I think what a two million copies off of off a mixtape, like, last month. And that was, like, a mixtape that she came out, like, 10 years ago. Like, you can't you can't hate on Nicki Minaj. Like, she doing her thing. And I say more power to her. So just to put some diversity in there, I'm going to take Big Sean out and I'll put Nicki Minaj in there. But I'm just saying, yo, people need to put some respect on Big Sean's name. That's all I'm saying.
1: Okay. For you, I listen to some Big Sean this evening.
0: <laughs> no, listen to uh Detroit his listen, like I tell everybody you listen to the Big Sean. That was the to latest Detroit. Album? No, that that was Detroit 2. Detroit 2 is good, but my favorite Big Sean project is Detroit. So I tell everybody listen to that and then like come back and talk to me and tell me that boy ain't ain't got something with him.
1: All right, I'll go back and study my
0: arts. But I already know you're another, another thing. This is like this is a, a side part of this conversation. Your boy passed away this year. Oh, MF, dude. Yeah, like, I know he was a big uh, influence in your life. He was actually the first person I ever knew who listened to him. Like, can you just, like, kind of explain to people who don't know him his impact in hip-hop?
1: Lord, have mercy. So, he, uh, I'm just going to start off the top and say he is perhaps the most clever to ever do it. He was originally a rapper in the late 80s with a group called KMD and then his brother passed away and he stepped off a rap for a little while and then came back with the mask and he's quoted as explaining the mask as being a representation or basically in an front. To the way that hip hop was progressing between the 90s and 2000s and so forth, up to where we are today, even. And that it so much depended on what the artists looked like and what they were wearing and what the fuck everything looked like. But in its essence, music is an acoustic, a sonic medium. So what comes first should always be what it sounds like. So that's why he was wearing the mask because. He was basically telling people, it don't matter what my fucking face looked like, just listen to these rhymes, listen to these beats, listen to this music, you know? Um, His whole moniker, one of several, is based off of Dr. Doom from the Fantastic Four comics. And um, what was interesting about it from a writing perspective is he would often talk in third person as though he was living the life of this character in our contemporary day, you know? So he would say things in reference to Doom committing robberies and stuff. MF Doom or Dr. Doom from the comics has magical powers. He wouldn't have to commit no robbery, but you know, that's something that's more aligned with today's contemporary things. So he's just very clever. Um, he's made hundreds of beats, which have been sampled and resampled and used over and over. Um, and he's had some critically acclaimed albums with Madlib, which is a producer that we mentioned earlier in the chat. So MF Doom is something that most people who appreciate music or music have heard of.
0: Okay, and uh, just, I'm about to play devil's advocate real quick. So you say he he donned the mask because he said he doesn't matter what he looked like, and he don't want it to be all about, essentially, I guess, the material things in a way, right?
1: Well, yeah, because I would say, I would just use one example. Like, bad boy videos were super flashy. You know what I mean? With a fisheye lens and everybody throwing their gold chains and rings in the camera. You know, because they're showing that they have money. The fact that you have money has nothing to do with whether or not you can fucking make good music.
0: Okay. My, my point of this is he, he got the max. I'm assuming he was selling max as well. So does, isn't that monetizing it as well? Isn't that kind of taking away from the art or is that just people appreciating artists?
1: So, the mask that MF Doom wore was one of a kind. Like, that one was a one of a kind made for him. There are masks sold on the internet that other people have made, or that you can buy from the record label, but that's not money going to him. They might be giving it to the estate posthumously, but it's not like he was doing that for money. You might do a t shirt or something like that, but ultimately, That is what all artists do. They got to sell merch. They got to promote themselves. But promoting the riches from those endeavors is a different thing entirely.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you answered my question. So uh, let's get to the next topic real quick. And I want to talk about anime, but let's say that for the last. I kind of wanted to... We had a kind of conversation before we started recording about the retrospective aspect of life in a way and how you kind of had an epiphany a week ago. Can you kind of explain what the epiphany was to the audience right now? So,
1: it's a simple one of many. But last week, I met some family, some distant cousins. I'm not even going to say distant because Found out last weekend that we live like 10 minutes away, but they are my grandmother's brother's branch of the family. Right. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, and my grandmother is from Newburgh, which kind of like for the South Jersey audience, I would say Newburgh is like Camden, except it's in Orange County, New York. Like, a couple of years ago, they had, like, the homicide records and blah, 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 the stuff that frightens people in the news. Okay. So, growing up, my grandmother was always like, don't you go to Newburgh. Don't, don't you ever go to Newburgh. You avoid that place, blah, blah, blah. So, when I moved up here, I was still kind of carrying that same thing, just, you know, being wary, taking my grandmother's advice. Finally, upon meeting my family, I'm like, yeah, they're a little ghetto, but it ain't nothing crazy, you know? We ain't out, we ain't out here shooting and shit, you know? That's not what we're getting into. <laughs> yeah. But the epiphany was in that retrospective moment where I realized, like, she wasn't going to explain all of the details to me or say, like, well, you could kind of go over there sometimes because things pop off in Newburgh and if I'd have gone too early before I had the maturity or the discretion to be able to recognize the situation as it develops or as it's going sideways, that would have been the problem. So it was just one of them things where I'm like, ah, all right, looking back, I understand exactly what grandma meant specifically. And it's interesting, it's one of them millions and millions of times that we're like oh shoot now that we are older i understand so the other example is something that you brought up with uh the spongebob cartoon which was dope because we was watching it as kids but i mean my dad was watching the cartoons with me because otherwise i wasn't supposed to be watching them for real for real but There were jokes that were funny to us kids, but then jokes that our parents would understand on another level, right? So looking back now as an adult, working amongst other adults, I now have met several Mr. Krabs. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've met several. (laughs) We're all fighting not to become the Squidward. You know what I mean? Try your best to have a mood like SpongeBob. Nobody wants to be as dumb as Patrick. We all know a couple Patricks.
0: Hold on. Quick sidebar. Honestly, isn't Patrick the most happiest character because he has ignorance? Like, is it ignorance bliss? Which character are we referring to? Right now, Patrick. Like, Patrick to me seems like he the happiest because he don't know shit. So, does that does that have the reference to ignorance is bliss? Um,
1: that is a poetic, I guess you would call it, mantra. But oftentimes, and even in the cartoon world, ignorance be leading to damage. You know, Patrick's a cartoon, so they can get hurt and we at home laughing and stuff. But we know that in real life, the more you know, the better you do, the better you prosper and knowledge is power. So ignorance for me is not bliss, man. You got to know what the hell is going on. (laughs)
0: I'm going to let you finish your stuff, David. we going to get a little deeper into this. Go ahead. I'm going to let you finish up the whole, the whole spill.
1: Nah, nah, nah.
0: So, that was it on the so, ignorance is bliss part. So <laughs> if you could know everything and all knowledge in the world, would you want to know that?
1: Wait. Nah, nah. But I tell you this, right? One of the superpowers I wish I could have is to touch a book and know the contents of that book. You feel me? Yeah. Maybe maybe the information lasts forever, maybe it doesn't, but the information is accessible to me whenever I need it, you know? But all the information in the world, no, I would not want to know all that.
0: Because to me, it's almost like, I hate to keep putting this back on media, but do you watch Snowfall?
1: No. I see you, bro. I see that you... Giving everybody the play by play that yeah, you,
0: yeah, that's what. If I if I saw a new show that I know has been old, I get the play by play because I want people to remember how they used to feel watching it so they could be like, right. damn, I felt that way too. But it really just pretty much shows about the whole transition from cocaine to crack in the 80s, show that mm. whole thing right there. But it was, but it shows that the government was funding the crack ep- ep- epidemic, and like we're watching it now, we're being amused by it now, and it's almost kind of like. We're not batting an eye to it, but can you imagine if motherfuckers knew the truth back then? Like, oh, we're supplying these drugs to the to the United States or in these poor communities to help fund this war in Guatemala or wherever it was at the time, you know. And to me, so, it's. Go ahead.
1: I have not seen Snowball, but Snowfall. I'm, I'm Snowfall. Yeah. Right. Yeah, fall. I am a huge fan of narcos so i've seen all them seasons multiple times and what's interesting what i love about them is that they are historically mostly factually based they try to keep it but you know they got to dramatize for the for the ratings yeah but it's interesting because snowfall is essentially the story about what happened to the cocaine once it got all the way up here to the cities here and the hoods up here. Exactly. And we we're talking about how they make the cocaine and they ship it on the plane and fight over who gets to send it here. So
0: it's just crazy all that was happening. Answer,
1: to answer your question though, the people that quote unquote knew the truth were killed or ostracized because that's a dangerous truth to know.
0: That's what I'm Was that saying. The one, Like, if you know all the truth that goes on in this world, it's almost like you gotta be a person with a lot of power. Art, or, like I said, what you said, a lot of people went crazy. Like, the person who who knows the whole game right now, he literally has the most to lose, to be honest. So,
1: I'll flip it on you. I'll flip it on you. I think my favorite characters in a lot of the shows that I watch are the information brokers. You know, because it's like I don't got to kill nobody. What I know is important. You can't even kill me because of what I know and other people need what I know. So it's once again, a situation of like, it's kind of dangerous to have the information, but important to have it. And the ignorance would be once again, a dangerous situation.
0: But what these shows show is that they're always a bigger fish. So you could be an information broker but there might be somebody who can replace you who know just as so much information. So you're not like you're irreplaceable. You know what I'm saying? And also if you if you have all this information, say a person who is lawless, like, maybe let's say the cartel, they get a hold of you. They're gonna put your family and friends in danger if they know who they are. they pretty much coerce you to work with them. Which is what I'm seeing in the show is like the dude with the information is like he knows everything and he's He's almost too smart for his own good. So he gets out of things. But a lot of times the people around him get affected the most. I.e. his wife or baby mother or his brother. Like they're the ones that getting like hurt the most. And it's like it's hurting him. But he knows like, hey, this is for a greater good. But is it for a greater good if your people are getting hurt in the process?
1: I mean, in the context of these shows that we're talking about, it definitely ain't in the greater good. And in the context of real life, this is why I work a 9 to 5 player.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. To me, it's just, <laughs> to, to it just interesting because uh, I was talking to one of my homegirls last week, and she was asking me it because she, she knew I went to a, a PWI. She didn't go to college. So she was saying that one of her friends told her that she, he be taking mushrooms and shit like that. And whether mm-hmm. did people I knew in college take mushrooms? And I was like, honestly, the people I hung out with ain't take mushrooms, but I know a few black people who take mushrooms now because they're more kind of I don't know don't know I don't know how you call it like holistic naturalistas. where it's like they got information, they 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 got information on it and they do do that in like a safe environment. Like there's different like oasis where they go out to where like you gotta have the right mindset, know what you're doing. And they take it on occasion, but sometimes they microdose. But I was saying to me, I went to a PWI. I didn't know that motherfuckers really did cocaine. Like I have f- white friends who was at clubs saying like, "Damn, I need to get some more co- cocaine because the Where's high the only lasts fifteen blow, minutes." Like you know what I mean? And not Where's even
1: the fucking blow, dude.
0: <laughs> and not even to the point where it's that white. But they were just like, "Yo, I need some more cocaine." And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, "Yo, you really take cocaine?" And they were just so natural about it, like, yeah, like, they didn't bat an eye, and to me, that shit blew my mind, pretty much. So, she, so, go ahead.
1: Just in an interesting way, that's another one of them things that I'm like, with retrospect, looking back, their program was not talking about weed, you feel me? Like, my eyes really opened up in the same way that you basically alluding to when we left. Willingboro and went out to college or whatnot and really seen like, oh shit, this is what they doing? This this how they living out here?
0: And to be honest, the biggest potheads I knew was white boys too. Like I had white boys who are doctors now. Literally like doctors, like some of the smartest people making their own, uh, I forgot what that shit, making their own dabs and shit like that. And like, I'm going over there to like, you know, pick up from them and like the shit they have be on a whole different level. Like they be like real like chemists with the shit, and I'm just like, yo, this dab. I remember I did a dab one time in college. I went up to buy like an eighth, right? <laughs> I did, I did a dab. I was high for like two days, but I didn't even smoke the eighth until the next day. And I was just like, yo, damn, these white boys do this shit like on a regular, multiple times a day. Like, how can they function? But it's just like, yo, m- motherfuckers be trying to say like black kids or the black community. Be someone to the drugs, but now, nah, like a white <laughs> society is deeply rooted in it. But just for some reason, the eyes not on them.
1: That's propaganda. Not,
0: that is propaganda. Like the eyes not on them. They're not. They're not viewed as threats. But some of the biggest dealers or in users. Is white America? Whether they, yeah. whether people, whether the America or society want to believe it or not, it's the truth. Like, like motherfuckers, like, well, like black people will do it, but. We do that shit, like, at the end of the day on, like, some some die-down shit. And we might do it, you know, during, the, like, the wake-and-bake here and there. But to me, in college, like, motherfuckers would go up, go back to their houses, play, like, I was we was athletes, of course. <laughs> so we would play, like, Madden, 2K, Smoke Down, and just chill, listen to music type shit. But these white boys is up all day doing that shit. And, like, white people do shit to, to the extreme. And but really, they do shit to the extreme. And it's just like to me, I'd be like, yo, like, I gotta hang out with y'all sometimes because I can't hang. <laughs> like, I really can't hang with y'all. But it was definitely a different experience going to a PWI. And she I mean,
1: we getting we getting real into some other topics, my man. And I don't wanna get into preaching or nothing. But ironically enough, I was saying earlier today that it seems like so for me, I'm comfortable with the mask. Even after I get vaccinated, I am going to continue to wear it. I kind of like that extra privacy as a black man because I don't feel like I'm going to be pointed out like he was there. I was wearing the mask. How the fuck you know? It was me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in an ironic way, you tend to hear cries of like, I thought this was America. Like that old South Park joke or this place is descending into chaos. Only when white folk aren't getting their way. When white folk can do what they want to do, this is America. The land of the free. So I feel like that is a sort of innate thing going on with like, yeah, they do kind of do shit to the extreme. But... That's them. I'm me. I ain't got no control over that shit. So <laughs> Yeah, it,
0: it was it was just interesting. And she was asked me about that. And I was like, personally I never did shrooms and stuff like that. But to go back to the whole retrospective thing, it's like a documentary on Netflix where it's like, you know, sometimes if you do psychedelics and microdose is actually good for your body, they were saying. And you ever hear of an ego death? Yes. So they I were just, it is so they were saying you really don't experience the real meaning of life until you have an ego death. And you have to do that through a psychedelic. So pretty much it will take you to a point where you're kind of like, it's all subject to who you are, but you'll kind of like see all your fears and flaws in this ego death. And you got to confront it. And at, when you get to the end of that that whole experience, you realize that you know what's important in life. You realize that the, the, the shit that you do stress about isn't that important. And it's stuff you should care about you should really care about. So, to me, it's like I never did no psychedelics before. I never delved that deep. Like, the most I ever did was marijuana. So far, like, I know it sounds strange. I've been six months clean. I'm proud of myself. I'm trying to do like a whole year off of like any type of highs. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to go cold turkey just to get my shit together. Natural, high is, dope. Natural yeah, high is dope. Yeah, exactly. So, I'll be telling this, like, some people I, like, I know, they be like, then you have a I'm like, yeah, I said, honestly, I had a step away because I started like kind of losing myself in a way because it was almost like I needed that shit to kind of get through my day so yeah.
1: let me let me just rephrase because I don't even want to I want to make sure that nothing that I say becomes mischaracterized okay. um, I'm a believer in what some would call the updated definition of addiction which is like you, It would have to be impairing your ability to live an optimal life, to handle your business in a layman's term situation. So I smoke weed every day. You know what I'm saying? I'm handling mine, though. Bills are paid, job good, cars paid, rolling, lights is on. You know what I'm saying? Savings is going in the right direction. It's all, it's all good over here, you know? Make their own judgments about that now the extreme to which i was referring to is anybody you know i do think there's a inherent sort of bias to do whatever the fuck you want to do and feel like you're able to do whatever the fuck you want to do when you're white but to do anything to excess is a problem no matter what color person you are right so that's the that's my first point um secondly just because we're talking about psychedelics right i have done psychedelics a couple of times in the past and they're dope they're very dope i've done shrooms just once and i've done acid three times
0: oh okay hold real so what was your experience like can you explain what the experience was like Like, did you see colors Do you see things come to life? Like, what was your experience like doing psychedelics?
1: No, no. So it's difficult to put into words, which is cliche. And I think it's widely known that any sort of substance is going to affect everybody's system in a different way. So for me personally, just with the shrooms thing, it was kind of a mellowed out feeling so I could understand why people are and have been doing it in microdoses and in therapeutic settings. Um, it was pretty much a sustained chill. Um, I crumbled it in with some shrimp fried rice and ate it that way. Um, then with the acid, the first time I didn't know what to expect. So it was pretty trippy. But what I will say is, and this is my personal opinion, it's not going to be an easy thing for a type A personality or somebody who needs to be in control of things. Because once the tab hits your tongue, you're on the boat. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well just chill out enjoy the ride chill out you know what i'm saying remember who you are there with good people good vibes the reason why you put the tab on your tongue and everything will pretty much follow accordingly um in college which is when this was i did see like you know some visual effects but you don't start imagining shit like fairies and all that other dumb shit that's the more propaganda (laughs) none of that happens um what i will say though is when you finally go to sleep and close your eyes the sensation of acid is literally like your mind is more wired but not in a coffee way more like literally the synapses are firing faster at a higher rate. So when your body is operating, right? Standing up, walking around, eyes open, it's interpreting data and running programs basically to maintain balance. Once you lay down and close your eyes, the bed is now supporting you. Your body has no work to do against gravity. Your brain is running no more programs. Now that juice can just go to your brain showing pictures at that point is where it gets trippy. That's the point where it gets trippy is when your brain is like, it's me time. And I just got this, you know, this nice little substance in here. And for me, there was a lot of fractals going on. Um. And the dreams were just very, very, very vivid in a way that I recall trying to skateboard in a dream, and when I fell off the skateboard, I fucking jumped in my sleep, which I think is a normal thing for people to do. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's vivid. It's nothing to trip out about. I don't think there's any reason to be hyper fearful. Um, the next day, though, because your mind was going overtime, you are gonna feel like. Basically dehydrated. That's all I can say.
0: My homeboy said drink orange juice when you do it. I don't know whether that's accurate or not, but he said orange juice would help I don't know, man. I don't know. See, the issue
1: with that is like, and this is going to sound preachy, but because all these things are, you know, illegal, illicit substances, we can't get no research to say what does or does not actually have that effect. You know what I mean? So, the whole orange juice thing to make your trip harder. And if you're tripping too hard, drink some milk. We don't know that. That's some old anecdotal stuff. We don't know that.
0: Nah, this is very true. And I was going to say, and I didn't want to, this is a rephrasing of what I said. I don't want to say that I did six months off of weed and made myself sound better than anybody else. I just got to get some shit together in my life personally. You know, like while I was doing it, everything was going well. But you know, I had surgery like six months ago, and I just want to make sure I get my mental, physical, and everything else right in my life before I get it back. Cause I do feel like I saw a, a post. I don't know who said it. It's kind of like like say like drugs, weed, or alcohol. That should be like ce- celebratory thing, and you shouldn't be get, like I'm not, not to be preachy either, but you shouldn't do it every every day. Cause it's like you know, like what are you really celebrating? And I, next time I want to do it, I wanted to do it like when I like get a new job or you know do something big. So I can be like, damn, like, all right, I want to like really like go hard. You know what I'm saying? So my mindset is just changing as I get older. Because I feel like we all have addictions. You know, some people addiction is food. I agree. Some people addiction is alcohol. You know, some people addiction is weed. And I'm not saying like, you know, it's wrong to have it. But like for me, it's like my addiction is like food. And and and, and to be honest, it was weed at a, at a point. And sometimes you got to step away from it to be like, all right. Why am I doing this for real, for real? Like am I trying am I doing this cause I really enjoy it? Or am I doing this to escape for something? And I felt like at the time I was doing it to escape for something. And I never want to do something where I do something when I feel like I'm in a bad state of mind. Like if I am going to smoke every day, I want it to be when I'm like in a good spirits and I'm doing it because I actually want to smoke. Not because exactly. I want to decompress for the bullshit I deal with dealt with all day.
1: That is the most important distinction. And I feel like once again, that falls under I guess, the most updated definition of addiction is like if you have habits or, that are once again preventing you from living optimally, feeling optimally, from doing the things that you need to do and must do, then that's what an addiction is. You know what I'm saying? So in all forms, shapes and fashions, that's something that we all have to handle and deal with, you know? Um. So yeah.
0: Nah, but to be honest, my boy Mosley, I appreciate the conversation. We wasn't talking about anime, but I got like an appointment real soon, so I don't want to cut it too okay, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna get you back on another day so we can talk about you know anime this day and the third. Honestly, Yo, before we close out
1: on the anime, I just seen the Demon Slayer movie. My heart is
0: broken. I was crying like a bitch at the angle. I said I did like a Denzel tear. I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of tearing up at the end, bro. You like, said you
1: said one Denzel tear. I I, yeah. I said
0: I said I was doing that, but that was a few tears, bro. Like I was not expecting the ending. Demon Slayer would get you in your feelings, bro. Like I ain't gonna lie, like people oh, will be dear.
1: Saying, oh dear, people be saying not, all this anime it's shit. It's not for the children.
0: No, <laughs> it's not. People be saying all this shit is like Kitty. Like nah, this this shit is real life. If you like dramas <laughs> and you know shit like that, get up on Demon Slayer. And uh I know you are uh, gangster
1: theater. That's gangster theater exactly. in the real way.
0: Have you seen uh y- Yeah, that joint was uh Subpar <laughs> to me it was subpar, honestly. It was subpar. subpar is a
1: very good way to put it.
0: Like I, I like the I like the animation, but to me it was just like it wasn't historically accurate and I ain't it just didn't really it was going too it wasn't really explaining shit. it was just going through it real fast, and I they like tried
1: f- to cover they tried to cover too many bases and in doing so were unable to cover any of them
0: efficiently exactly. Six episodes ain't enough like to tell yeah. the whole story and to yeah. me, I ain't know what kind of genre anime it was. It was like sci fi Robotech Samurai. I would have right. appreciated it was just a samurai thing. I like the whole Look, Samurai you need to throw that exactly like i ain't need all that extra shit like you give me some good sword fights i'm there
1: give me the manslayer with the brown skin that's all i'm asking for
0: exactly but you know i, I feel like they, they they tried something they probably only had like a small budget but they could uh put some more time into that yeah but uh all right we, I, won't, yeah. we won't we won't get back on that yeah i appreciate you coming on an episode bro like that shit really did go left with the whole psychedelics, but it's crazy what SpongeBob can. <laughs> it's crazy what SpongeBob can do to you. You know what I'm saying? SpongeBob brings different things. It yeah. that, bro. And these how like my conversations be back be at home, my boys too. Like sometimes you might start from point A and then be at point Z out of nowhere. Like there's no A, B, C. We just go all around. But that's just how we get down. But you know yeah. I appreciate it, bro. Much love. I hope you have a good night. I'll talk to you next time.
1: No doubt, Trevy. Peace out.
0: Peace. All right, so that's my boy Jay Moe's, all the way back from my young boy days. He a very smart, intelligent dude. I appreciate him coming on, and I appreciate everybody for listening. Please uh, look out for any new episodes coming soon. It's not gonna be dropping weekly. I'm gonna try to do like probably two, a, two a month now because honestly, I gotta make sure I get it done right and correctly. Uh, please follow me on all social platforms. RAC Podcast. And please donate to my Patreon. That's slash RAC podcast. And I appreciate all the love. I want y'all to have a good day. Talk to you soon. Peace.